0: Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach. So today we're continuing with part four of our marriage partnership series, which has been phenomenal. Thank you, Heather. Oh, you're welcome. And today we're going to talk about creating a new marriage by setting new rules to create new patterns. So Heather, you gave me this title and there's a lot of news in it. (laughs) So (laughs) let's address the olds. Um, You're doing a bit of marriage coaching right now, as we discussed in part one of this series. So what old rules and old patterns are you seeing that just aren't working these days? Um...
1: I don't think I can narrow it down to any one. I would say it's really more about pausing long enough to evaluate in your own marriage what is and isn't working. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, we had to renegotiate kind of some new levels of communication. And I remember our therapist said to us, it was years ago, it sounds like you're both needing more emotional intimacy. And I was like, huh? I'm so glad she put a word to it because I didn't know what that meant. And I was so grateful to her for saying that out loud because we were kind of fighting and I shouldn't say fighting because it feels like too strong of a word. We were we were really arguing at the head level. But we weren't talking about anything at the heart. Okay. For whatever reason we didn't have the skill set or we just didn't have the emotional intimacy there. So it was like we were two lawyers <laughs> logically arguing and debating and negotiating things hmm. almost like a partnership or something like a business partnership. And I just thought, I think we'd gotten really good at our partnership and our friendship, but I think we had lost this emotional intimacy mm-hmm. um, thread that was connected more to the heart. And with us both, both being very verbal, smart, intelligent people, mm-hmm. we kind of operated, started drifting more in the head because I think we were more comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And so I think this idea of new patterns and new beliefs, we had to start grappling with, first of all, what? What's emotional intimacy? <laughs> Why are we avoiding it? And how do we cultivate it? And how do we integrate it with more of this kind of head and heart piece? So a lot of what I, when I talk with people, whether it's corporate coaching or personal coaching and marriage, it's this idea of understanding as a whole person, we kind of operate from the head and the heart. Mm-hmm. I think the more whole we live, we live in the space of, of a integrated place of being able to talk from the head and talk from the heart. So I think that's a great example for me personally, where new patterns, new languages had to start being developed. It says, what are you feeling? No, not what are you mm-hmm. thinking? What are you feeling? And we were, <clears throat> we were so um, inept at it earlier on that we literally had to pull out a page of paper that our therapist gave us called emotional categories. And we had to circle our top three emotions. Wow. <laughs> and I remember carrying it on my phone, you know, at times just to kind of look at it. And it's what I use with my clients too. I said, yeah, I think the more you have clarity on what you're feeling, the more you'll confidently be able to speak to it. And the more you'll courageously be able to take action on it. And that goes back to clarity, confidence, courage.
0: Mm-hmm. Can we put that sheet on our resources, our podcast resources, website, Oh totally. Yeah, emotional yeah. categories. Yeah, remind yeah. me and I'll get that there. Okay, yeah, I would love to see that because so many times we don't know what we're feeling. I'm mad, and I don't know why I'm mad, and I don't even know if the feeling is mad. It maybe it's called frustration instead. It's just there's so much bubbling. And do you notice women are more touchy feely feeling and guys kind of hide their emotions. Where does that play into this too because you're talking about the head and heart relationship?
1: Yeah, I think that's actually the biggest myth in our society. Mm, we, okay. I think men are very sensitive and they're very connected to their emotions. They're just different than women. And oftentimes they might say it in one sentence, I feel really sad or I feel really bad. And the, the, um, the woman oftentimes will be more verbal or they'll miss the cues and they'll continue mm. to talk, but they're, they totally miss the, the guy's sensitivity in that. Uh, i work with a lot of men now and I'm, I admire their sensitive hearts. And I feel for them because I think many of the messages in society has said, you know, buck up, you know, boys don't cry. There's no, there's no crying in baseball. I even heard that with my son playing baseball. I'm like, <laughs> no crying in baseball. <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, I, I was a softball player and man, I felt like crying when I missed a, you know, lost a game or we played hard. And I just <laughs> felt like, how did that get associated with baseball? But I digress. The the idea of this myth that men are not as sensitive as women, I I think it's, I think it's untrue. And I think as we create these safe spaces for both men and women to talk about their emotions, I think what I've found to be a little bit more true is men are a little bit more what I call beautifully simple. Hmm. And women are typically beautifully complex. (laughs) And so, because that's where a lot of the fights come in they say, you're so clueless and you're so complicated, you know. And I think I would say you might as well own it. But let's remember that it's a beautiful trait about each of you. You are beautifully simple and you are beautifully complex. I want more simplicity to my complexity, and I think mm-hmm. I can offer some complexity to your simplicity. <laughs> if we can figure mm-hmm. out this yin yang together, we can we can step into this and create the a better union for each of us to become better humans.
0: Hmm. And so you talked about um, new rules and new patterns. Mm-hmm. So what does a new rule sound like? What What would that look like in your everyday conversation? Well, again,
1: I'll use myself as an example. I I was getting very in touch with everything I was thinking and feeling. And before I knew it, I think I was be talking 20 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he would say it in one sentence. <laughs> what I began to realize is, I want to do a better job sharing the talking space is what we began to call it and listening to what he's feeling and helping him pull it out. And he mm-hmm. said, I need you to ask me some certain questions. And that that became a really powerful way for me to learn how to listen to my husband mm-hmm. who's trying to tell me things. But um, I think I was interrupting him sorting that out because I had so many thoughts and ideas on what he was feeling. And again, a lot of it coming from good intent. I wanted to help pull it out.
0: Right. That wasn't
1: helping him, you know. So paying attention to that created some new rules in our marriage, too, for how we listen to one another, what we need in the listening, and even the limitations on him being able to listen. Hmm. And that's been a really powerful rule change in our marriage, too, where he'll we learned that he gets to say, okay, I've got about 10 more minutes to listen in me. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll say that. And now with all the work that I'm doing, the coaching, I'm saying that I'll be like, I got 10 more minutes or you know what I'm moving into. I just said it this morning, I'm moving into an executive leadership retreat this, this weekend. Mm -hmm. I told, I told Darren, I said, I'm in the zone, man. Don't, (laughs) Don't try and talk to her about anything. You know, you're, you're running point with the kids. You're running point with everything. Like I am going to have my game face on here and I got lots to think about and I don't want to feel like I'm hurting your feelings with it. So, and of course he was great. He's like, thank you for telling me. I totally see you in the zone. I'm here to support you, but I'm learning to say those things out loud beforehand. Yeah. Those are some new rules in our marriage that's creating new patterns. So we don't have misunderstandings.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you set a time or place aside? Because like most people... We're working. My husband loves to talk at the end of the day. I'm in cozy in bed after I showered, have my book, put the kids to bed. It's nine o'clock. I'm like, my alone time. I can just read. And then he crawls in bed next to me and looks at me like a puppy dog and he wants to talk. And I'm like, dude, no, get away from me. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that that's not the right words to use. Get away from me. <laughs> do you have a time and place where you do that? Because he's a, he's a late night out. I'm an early bird. And so how do you establish uh, the proper time and place to say things?
1: Well, you know, that's a good question. I think one of the easy rules that we start setting up is um, really nothing, nothing good happens um, at the head place after 9 p.m. Neither of us in our good headspace. So if we're going to spend Thank time you. together, yeah. <laughs> if we're going to spend time together, it's got to be more in the heart space. We either, you know, uh, relax and just have a nice chat about the day or get drop in front of a movie or we're conscious of not trying to work on problems or issues or even talk about things that's getting us worked up hmm. past 9 p.m. <laughs> Once we set that boundary down, things got a lot easier. (laughs) And uh, we just realized we're not at our best after that. So we don't try and tackle stuff after nine. That was just a real basic one. The other thing too, realizing is my mind is so active that it's somewhere around 5 p.m. I need to start the process of shutting my mind down. Mm -hmm. Once I own that and realize that, I just said things like scheduling, things like dreaming, visioning, that's not really good for me because then I will be up um, till two 2 a.m. or yeah. I'll get hooked into something. I need help kind of winding down. You know, we need to go out to dinner or we need to relax and make dinner together. We need to go on a walk. We need to start engaging in ways that are supporting a winding down together. That mm-hmm. was a really new epiphany for me personally. And he loves it because he has he's a pretty mellow dude and he he has a very active wife. So he's like, what? You love being mellow. I said, yeah, I love love being mellow. I need help getting mellow. So, you know, learning how to have that dialogue together and he's so good at hanging out and relaxing and I'm not. So, (laughs) you know, that's what we kind of focus on after 5 p.m. So you start learning your rhythm of life together and what you're good at and what you want to do in the space of a day and how you wind down together how you tackle problems together. How you co-parent together, how you for us we're running two different companies under one S Corp. So how do we run those companies together? So even how when we have financial talks, we'll mm-hmm. say, We're well, only gonna talk about it once a month. We call it our DH financial summit <laughs> where okay. we sit down. It's gotta be in the morning, it's gotta be with the latte, and we usually can't go past two hours because you know, finances and marriage, my gosh, right? But we have mm-hmm. to have that, and then we have to have prep work to come to that so that we are prepared to the conversation. These are just like basic rules. We started learning Mm -hmm. on how to partner well in life and how to love each other at the heart level. Well,
0: Mm -hmm. and you're learning what works for you. That makes you your best. So you can bring your best to the marriage. So. That's a new that's a new lesson for me. That's that's me taking notes right now because that's huge. (laughs) And when you brought this topic um, to me, you shared that couples should focus on finding their tire swing and start time together to cultivate growing intimacy. And this comes from your book, The Bracelet. Can you share what this means?
1: Yeah. Again, my focus typically is not to work with couples together. Some will come to me and say, "I really want to grow in my marriage. Can you work with us?" And I think. I don't, that's not where I want to go. I want to work with you on how you can go find your tire swing and your stars so that you can refill yourself up, kind of refuel and bring your best self to the conversation. And if he's doing the same thing, there's this common bond and this awareness of how you're each stepping into the conversation and you're able to bring your best self to it. So I think as, as marriages kind of work out what their own personal tire swings are, like how they, Mm -hmm. what I call active rest, how they go play, Mm -hmm. and then a little bit more of this passive rest, spending time under the stars, literally contemplative time, Mm -hmm. resting, lying in a hammock, you know, whatever it is that you do to let down on a more passive way. We both need, we need both of these styles of restorative rest. Once I get them zeroed in on that, it's amazing what they can bring to the table. They remember that they really love each other and not only love each other, they actually like each other. (laughs) They're able to find their voice and articulate what they need. They're able to get in touch with their heart and recognize some emotional, um, some emotions that they're grappling with that they've been Mm -hmm. scared of. And I think they're surprised at their inner ability to be able to do that. And I want to just gently point back to when you find your own tire swinging stars, you actually bring bring your best self to the conversation. And then more excitingly, how do you go find that together? You mm-hmm. know, this goes back to what I just said earlier of how you let down together. That's kind of start time for us. Hmm. Um, Darren just got us uh, e-bikes. That's our tire swing time, you know? Okay. We jump on our our e-bikes. And I do say e-bikes because this is making it much more pleasurable for me. <laughs> I, <laughs> got little, I got a little motor that helps me get up that hill and I'm not swearing going up the hill. Cause I'm so mad that I got stuck on this bike that I've only 15 minutes and I'm huffing and puffing. Right. Right. So yeah. I think it's this idea that how do we play together that really works for us. And that's something you continue to explore through your whole marriage. And it changes as your body ages, it mm-hmm. changes as your interests um, change, you change. So I think you're stepping into these conversations together and saying, Hey, I've been exploring my own tire swing. Do you want to share some of this with me? And it may be yes or no, but you have to be open to that. There's, I wanted to sit down and do a vision board with my husband because mm-hmm. it's part of my tire swing. I wanted him to say, yes, Heather, that's amazing. He's like, mm, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh? You know, I felt a little hurt Then I realized, yeah, that's fair. There's, I, I really don't want to do some of the big adventures he likes to go do. And I don't want to be drug along on the, some of them. So learning how to have those conversations and be okay with them. And then I Mm -hmm. went and found a friend. I said, Hey, you want to do a vision board with me? So we spent the morning doing a vision board, but I think you're learning how to have those conversations for the tire swings that are working for you together and owning that you have your own tire swings that you're having fun with and playing with playing on on your own and the star time. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little complex. And this is why marriages break down. If you're not taking care of that yourself and then owning it together as a couple, this is where we start losing a lot of our sense of self.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up that you have to um, come together, but we're all tired and stressed. So how do you get motivated and find the energy to experience the tire swing and start time together? Like I said, at nine o'clock, I'm tired and Mm -hmm. It's hard. And we have small kids. So when we do like our fun time is we go on hikes together and walks on the weekends when my husband's not working. And but it's not the two of us. It's our kids. So so how does that work? Yeah,
1: it feels counterintuitive, because you want to just keep running to keep up with life. Mm -hmm. I'll just be be honest. It's, I have to be very direct with my clients. When they, when I work with them, you need to slow down and invest with your, into yourself. You know, you just need to do this out of that. You will get your clarity. Mm -hmm. Most people don't believe me, but they're so desperate by the time they get to me to have a life change. And when I say desperate, I don't mean like they're needy and, um, uh, kind of clawing at me. It's more of like these high function, amazing creative people that are like, I can't get my life to work for me anymore. And I say, yeah, I know you kind of got to pull over your car and just reset.
0: Hmm.
1: No, I think I can keep going and do this, this, and this, this is usually like the struggle of wills. And I say, okay, go for it. Tell me how that works out, but I will tell you, this is this is how life works. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to slow down, you got to refresh and you got to reorient. It's kind of like, you're telling me, no, I'm good, Heather. I don't need to, I only need to take three breaths of oxygen a day. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? Okay. I'm glad you believe that, but that doesn't make it true. You know, yeah. I only need to eat, um, whatever one cookie a day, whatever it is they're trying to convince themselves of. Mm-hmm. And I often link it back to the physiological and I say, yeah, that what I'm hearing sounds like you're trying to do something that's actually virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. So I have to appeal to the logic first. And then I just say, well, if you can try it my way, well, then let me know. If you don't like it, don't do it. Um, or if life's working for you, yeah, don't, don't take what I'm saying, go keep doing it. But if it's stopped working for you, I'm actually giving you another option to slow down. Mm -hmm. typically then what happens, it almost takes a month for detox (laughs) and they're, they're finding their new normal. What they begin to find though, is they have this inner, inner wisdom that they have been ignoring or pushing down with all their busyness. So finding that moment throughout the day to pull back, take a breath. I sent a text to a, a client I'm working with. And I just, I know he's had an intense time and I just sent a text and I said, what are you doing to take a breath today?" He knew exactly what I meant yeah. and he sent a picture back, you know, I said, this is what I'm doing. And it was, it was this awesome picture of stepping outside. And I said, good, good. Cause that's what recenters us. That's a, even if it's five minutes of star times, that's what gets us back into, okay, I get to hear myself again. And the temptation is to keep pushing, 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 pushing.
0: Mm-hmm. The problem I have is when I do stop to have star time, that's when, the negative voices come. So if I'm busy, A, I feel important, like I'm getting things accomplished and B, I don't have to focus on, like we said in the last episode, my baggage. And when I pause, that's when I focus on the things I don't want to. So hmm. how do I overcome that? Yeah,
1: that's, that is a struggle for a lot of people. It's a lot of high achievers, a lot of high powered people. And it starts with changing those beliefs internally. What we're really mm-hmm. saying to ourselves is, "I'm not enough. I got to keep going. I got to prove my worth." These okay. are some of the false beliefs we're li- living with. I I like to bring that to the core of the conversation because what you want to then go after is say, "I reject this belief that I have to keep running mm-hmm. in order to prove my worth." I have to say that to myself. I reject that false belief, and that's not enough just to reject it. Then I have to replace it with a true belief. Right. I am enough. Um, The world's not going to fall apart because I slow down. (laughs) These are some other ones I have to say. Um, I get to take care of me and out of that will come my best day today or Mm -hmm. my best self. My self-care is going to be connected to how I care for the world. You know, this is all different true beliefs. I have to reject my false belief and start with my true belief. And I have to let that start kind of percolating in my brain.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I have to do it every morning. You know, the more... My world has grown and the more successful I've become, I'm surprised that even my own false beliefs start creeping back mm-hmm. up again. I kind of thought I mastered them and I go, no, they're always going to be creeping up there. And it's the shadow side of success, mm-hmm.
0: right? When you think mm-hmm. you have
1: it, those false beliefs like to kind of trip you up. So, you know, for me, I step into my true beliefs and I hook it into my higher power. I call God and I step into those and say, I believe I'm, I'm made to be my best self. Mm-hmm. I'm not a made to be a victim of this world or of people or of thoughts or of ideas or even of myself. <laughs> so I have to reset that button every morning if that makes sense.
0: Mhm. Yeah, cuz I don't know how to turn my brain off. Like so yeah. it's just repeating your true beliefs of okay, so I'm thinking of this conversation I had that didn't go well and then replaying it if I stop then it's going to go in my head but if I'm working then I won't hear that. So The best way to replace it is just to, like you're saying, like, I don't know, how do you shut that down? Yeah. You know, that's why
1: That's honestly why I hire people and that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. It's that noisy in your head. You kind of need someone to stay in it with you. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I like, I like people to help me with the true belief because I can feel the false beliefs just screaming at me when I settle down. That's usually a sign Mm -hmm. for me that I need to go get some help. because they just stay in it with me and a good uh, either coach or counselor or therapist, they will stay in it with you and stand with you in your true beliefs. So I am very clear when I go in or when I hire someone to work with me, I just say, here's a false belief I'm battling. Mm -hmm. And here's the true belief I'm trying to reach for help me. So I'm super clear on that. And Mm -hmm. if they help me, I stay with them. If they don't, I move on (laughs) (laughs) because I, I know that I'm struggling and I unapologetically ask for that. And that's on a professional level. On a personal level, um, I just reached out this morning and said, mm-hmm. hey, I got a lot coming at me this weekend. And here's where I am standing in my true belief. Will you stand mm-hmm. with me? So, you know, I just I'm really clear with how I reach out when I recognize my false beliefs are kind of suffocating me or almost mm-hmm. taking me out. Mm -hmm. This is where we reach out for help. but many of us don't know how to do that. So we reach out for quote help and it's real hit and miss. If we're not clear, we don't have clarity on where we need help. We kind of subject ourselves to uh, good intentions and loving people, but a lot of them don't know how to help us when we're, when we're raging with those kind of gremlins in our heads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think how we step into that and say, here's where I need help. I am standing in this true belief today. I'm trying to reject this false one. And man, is it screaming at me? Mm -hmm. Why? Because probably a myriad of things have happened to you that it's it's creating that to come up. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And so I think as you step into this awareness, you can invite either personal relationships into it or professional ones to stand with you and help create a whole new
0: mindset. Mm -hmm. So our podcast today should be a creating a new marriage by setting new rules to create new patterns, and B creating a new me by setting new rules <laughs> to create new patterns. <laughs> you got two for one today. And on the mindset. That's <laughs> right. We just all in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I obviously like like we've been saying, you have to be healthy and bring your best foot forward to the marriage because you're not going yeah. to have a healthy marriage. You have to have two healthy people, <laughs> and so. That's what we're working on. Right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Join us next week for good. the that's final.
1: My, my voice is going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I said good because my voice is going, man. Good. Let's, let's land this. I got to take a drink. Okay. <laughs> So join us next week when we talk about the marriage partnership, keeping the conversation going. Uh, And that's the last part of our marriage series. And we also mentioned the bracelet today. So if you would like to see Heather's book, order it on Amazon. And we also have a full podcast episode on the bracelet. So if you'd like to dig deeper into that, you can go, um, you can listen to our second podcast and find it there. Please subscribe to the Heather Penny podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, please visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day. And we can't wait for you to join us next week. Thanks, Heather.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.